Sometimes we ask more philosophical questions about the future of our marriage. And one of those is that age-old question, do opposites attract? And it turns out they do. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 97, and we are going to be talking about how this opposites attract deal plays out in marriage. And it turns out the research seems very contradictory until you start to pull it apart carefully. Which is what we love to do. Which is what you love to do. And see, this is how we're different. There you go. But we complement each other. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. By the way, if you didn't catch it, make sure you pick up last week's episode on why some Christian couples feel guilty about sex. And why you shouldn't. This is also a good spot to remind you to hit subscribe on your podcast player so you don't miss any of our episodes. But today's topic came out of a comment or concern from one of our listeners, and one I've heard echoed elsewhere, that uncertainty of our marriage is struggling and we're just so different. Can this really work out for us? Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty powerful question when you put it in that context. So while this research is kind of fun and I think we'll have a good time looking into it, I can certainly see how it could be scary as you wonder what the answer is for your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're opposites. We are opposites. We use our towels differently, even. Yeah. But you know what? I'm becoming more like you in that department. Like when we were first married. That's good. Just for our listeners here, this is going to be way TMI, but that's okay. When we were first married, like you always dried your face on this side of the towel. I still do. Yeah. And you dried everything else on that side of the towel. I still do. Yeah. Whereas me, I just dried off. Like it's just a towel. You know, I'm clean when I get out of the shower. But now it's like, no, I always dry my face on this part of the towel. Maybe that's why I felt like I was always kissing. Caleb. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not even funny. (laughs) Or like how we brush our teeth. You know, I just like get in there and scrub and you're like. And drool. Yeah, but you're like Mr. Methodical and you brush this part and then you brush Mm -hmm. this part in perfect order and then you turn your toothbrush on and then you do it again Mm -hmm. and you have it all inside your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're you're so chatty and I'm so (laughs) quiet. (laughs) So I guess our first question is do opposites attract? Absolutely. Maybe we already answered that. Okay. What? I'm just curious what you're going to say. So I'm just listening. Okay. So some research says that people tend to look for individuals who are similar to themselves and represent their ideal preferences for a romantic partner. So Hmm. we sent this to Esther, our research assistant. She does a great job for us. And just to say, hey, opposites or similars or what happens here. And the the research was a little bit contradictory. Some were saying similars attract, otherwise it's not going to work. Others say it's opposites. So let's unpack this, okay? 2003, there was a study. They looked at, Factors underlying how people choose long-term spouses. I don't really know how you choose a short-term spouse, but I think you know what they mean. So they look at 978 couples. They had them complete a two-part questionnaire, and they looked at the importance they placed on 10 attributes in a long-term spouse and then rated their perception of themselves on those same attributes. So it's like, what do you appreciate mm. someone else, and then how are you like? Yep. And they grouped them into four categories, wealth and status, family commitment, physical appearance, sexual fidelity. And the results were this, and I'm going to quote here because it's just fun to say something that you have no idea what it actually means. 
<laughs> the greatest amount of variation in the selectivity of mate preference in each of the four categories was explained by self-perception in the same category of attributes. I had to read that about four times. Well, I just read it once. I heard you say it once, and I already know what it means. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it means that you pick a spouse who's similar to yourself. You're reading off my notes. <laughs> That's such a cheater. You weren't supposed to tell everybody else that. Okay, nice try. So at first glance, this makes it look like people don't attract opposites until you really look at the four categories. Wealth okay. and status, family commitment, physical appearance, and sexual fidelity. Mm-hmm. So while they figure people don't choose opposites, remember they're measuring how people choose a spouse based on values and appearance and socioeconomic status. And if you think about that, we pretty much in that sense, you and I chose similarly mm -hmm. rather than being attracted as opposites. Right. But this is like what a person thinks or values. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think we have to kind of slice this research apart and say, okay, yeah, it's similar in this sense, but it's different in another way. So here's some more. What happens when you marry your opposite? So- Okay, so Esther, she did find that despite the fact that this research we just talked about says that people end up married to someone similar, like it's called a like attracts rule. Mm -hmm. She did find out that many people end up married to someone who's their opposite. And when we look at the research on whether opposites are similar or get along better, there's some interesting conclusions here, but there's a straight answer to this question. And this topic has been extensively studied with some research suggesting that similar couples are happier and other studies suggesting that too much similarity can lead to difficulties in the marriage. So again, it's conflicting. Let's try and sort this out, okay? So let's look at one study that says opposites don't work as well. Okay. This is from 2005. They measured marital quality and personality sample in 291 newlyweds, okay? Uh, so personalities, just things like extroversion and how agreeable they are, how conscientious they are about like organization and work ethic, their emotional stability, are they calm or tranquil or not? Intellect or autonomy, how creative, how curious they are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this is important because there's another study that's going to use the same measures in a moment. So just watch that. But they found there's a positive association between personality similarity and marital quality. So the more similar these newlywed couples were, the greater their marital quality. Hmm. However... Other research suggests this is not always the case. So a study from 2007 investigated three things in 137 couples. Number one, relationship onset. Was it love at first sight or was it gradually becoming involved? Personality. They used the same five measures I just mentioned of extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, <laughs> emotional stability, intellect, and autonomy. And they found that partners who fell in love at first sight became romantically involved more quickly and showed more dissimilar personalities. Hmm. with regards to their extroversion, their emotional stability, and their autonomy. And they call this a sort of mating. It's different. Okay. Uh, a sort of mating just meaning that they, it's more attraction to opposites than similars, okay? okay? And they found that individuals prefer to select partners with similar personalities as themselves, but they only succeed in doing so when they have the opportunity and time to get to know each other. And they noted that spouses who fell in love at first sight did not report lower relationship quality. So then they asked the question, if personality traits similarity generally encourages happier relationships, why didn't we find similarity to be related to relationship quality? Like, why isn't there the connection if, you're, if your personalities are similar, mm -hmm. that there's a relationship there to relationship quality? Oh my goodness, Caleb. <laughs> that sounded terrible. Yeah. Let me try that again. I'm lost. Okay. okay. They're asking the question, if, uh, let me just get this in my head here. Okay. If being similar in personality traits generally encourages happier relationships, mm -hmm. 
why didn't they find that to be the case in their own study? This was their their hypothesis. They were testing from previous evidence. So the study from 2005 said that personality similarity equals better marital quality. Okay. And here's their explanation. In this study, they looked at relationship onset, which is the love at first sight thing or Mm -hmm. the gradually become involved. And they found that lovers at first sight with relatively dissimilar personalities, with different personalities, Mm -hmm. experience higher levels of passion. Mm. Whereas sort of the let's become friends first kind of relationships, they were characterized by relatively high levels of intimacy and commitment. And that's where this gets interesting because it's like the the opposites go in one direction and the similars go in another direction, but they're both good directions. Oh. One's passion, one's intimacy and commitment. Okay. So our listeners might be listening with very keen ears at this point because it's kind of like we've got the crystal ball here and we're about to predict the future of their marriage, right? And you know that your opposites are your similars. But you have to take all this with a grain of salt because these are studies of other couples, not of your situation, not of ours. And here's the dig is like, there's so many factors that play into marital success and satisfaction. So there's so much more to it than just opposites or how similar we are or how fast or how slow we got to know one another. So let me just Mm -hmm. unpack this a little bit more and just listen to how this research kind of flip flops back and forth between a sense of success versus risk. Okay. Here's some quotes. High levels of passion have been found to be positively related to marital satisfaction. That's good. Okay. Yeah. In addition, high levels of passion generally include high levels of partner idealization and positive expectations. That's not so good. It doesn't sound so good because of the idealization, right? And the high expectations. However, several studies have shown that positive illusions about one's spouse and one's relationship help couples communicate in a positive manner. Because they facilitate relationship enhancing attributions and they help couples accept and overcome dissimilarities, conflicts, and doubts. You kind of perpetuate your dream world about your marriage, but that's fine because you end up happy about it. Like it's your marriage. Nobody else's marriage is the same. Right. Huh. Right. And this is where this was kind of so fun to go back and forth on all this, right? So it didn't, it doesn't really matter whether you're similar or different. You just spoiled my whole episode. I was going to save that for the very end. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you just said it right now. (laughs) sorry no that's fine but that yeah that's where we're going huh but let's let's keep looking at it because it's it's interesting okay yeah take a breath and Uh, relax your shoulders am i getting too into this yeah i think so okay all right i'm back now so some research also suggests that too much similarity in personality can predict negative marital satisfaction in long-term marriages this is long-term so this is important it's interesting so they, they looked at this, per, they used the same personality inventory again that we talked about. Yeah. And they measured marital satisfaction at three six-year intervals in older couples aged 40 to 70. So they tracked them at the year zero, six, 12. I guess if it's three and then it's 18. And they looked at marital satisfaction. Is that three? Zero, six, and 12. It's really three. hard to count to three effectively. <laughs> okay. So they looked at the agreement between the spouses in different areas of life and the amount of leisure time they spent together. And they looked at how satisfied they were with affection and sexuality and the overall satisfaction in the marriage. And what they found is that greater overall personality similarity predicted more negative slopes in marital satisfaction trajectories. Really? Yeah. Again, very helpful. Now, do you want to read my notes or should I? (laughs) So this just means that the more similar they were, the more they actually tended to decline in their marital satisfaction over time. Now, before any older couples freak out and throw in the towel, just remember this doesn't have to be you. So even if you are unhappy at the moment, it doesn't have to be you. 
This is talking about predicting a more negative slope. So it was already negative to begin with, and it just got a little steeper. And it's not saying that your marriage is going to fail because you're similar. In fact, I have very fond memories of an old couple from the time that I was a kid, the Weebs, and they were just like peas in a pod. Very, very similar. And what was striking about them was what a great friendship they had. Like, I'll always remember that memory hmm. or just sort of have that feature in my memory about them. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't have to be you, but let's keep unpacking this because it is helpful. These researchers concluded that age may be a factor in how personality affects marital satisfaction because as couples grow older, they may begin to use differences to their advantage as they're better able to divide tasks based on different skill sets. So for example, they were guessing that couples who had more diverse personalities may have a wider range of skills to offer each other. And so they might be better prepared to divide tasks and pursue goals that were complementary. Okay. Make sense? So yeah. just take a couple where one spouse is achievement driven and work focused and produces a high income. And the other spouse is more socially oriented, maintains relationships outside the marriage and takes a primary responsibility for raising the family. Okay. okay? They figured that this couple might face less conflict in getting through a week's tasks than a couple in which both spouses are workaholics or social butterflies. Right. Because on a given evening, if someone needs to pay the bills and balance a checkbook and someone needs to call other parents to arrange a carpool, the complementary couple will presumably argue less about who does what than the similar couple. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's just guessing. And I think it's equally possible to say that the couple who is more similar may well choose to do some of those things together and enjoy each other's company as they go. So I'm totally mm -hmm. sitting on the fence on this one. You are. But here's the point. The point is that you need to leverage whatever you have whether it's a similar set of personalities or a dissimilar set of personalities towards learning to create a positive, happy marriage and doing that in a way that's just perfectly suited to who you guys are. Not whether there's cultural expectations about opposites or similars or whether they attract or repel. So the research is not going to ah. define the outcome of your marriage. Yes. So this study of older marriages suggests that it's possible to use differing personality traits to the advantage of the marriage. But it also suggests that as a couple matures, they grow in their ability to appreciate the differences and can use those differences to their advantage instead of seeing them as a source of conflict. And then it follows, if you think about this, that, that these skills can be learned earlier in the marriage if the couple is aware of the possibility and dedicated to growing together. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. So I thought what we should do is just help the opposites a little bit more because I think they have more concern than similars do. Really? What do you think? Well, people, oh. I hear people say sometimes we just don't have the same interests anymore. Like I'm kind of coming at this from the therapy side of things. Okay. Well, coming at it from the non-therapy side of things. Yeah. Like to me, I am like an emotional roller coaster. Like I have really high highs, but then I have low lows. Yeah. Whereas you're like Mr. Stable in the middle and you don't go very high and you don't go very low. Yeah. And so for me, like that's pretty much opposites. Yeah. But that's a good thing because as much as you might not get on board with my highs, yeah. you pick me up from my lows. Right. You know, like, and if we were similar and we were both highs and lows, we might have some really high highs, but we might have some really low lows. Yeah. So in that way, I think we kind of balance each other out. I think the opposites work for so us. So you, you like my stability and I like your excitement. Sure. That works well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if you ever got excited? If I ever got... <laughs> hey. Was it Britney Spears that said, hey, I resemble that? And she was trying to say, hey, I resent that. Oh, really? Something like that. I can't remember who it was. Or who was the That's one true. before Britney Spears? Anyways. I have no idea. There's always one of them. So, okay. I don't even know where we're going with that. No, 
No, but that was good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I just trying to buy myself time to find where it was. Okay, so a, a, a 2013 study. That's right. There's just this idea that personality differences can be used in a complementary way. And that's where I want to help the opposites. Oh, yeah. And maybe even help Oh, us. see, I just gave an example about it. Yeah. So this 2013 nice. study, they acknowledge that there are volumes of research that show that similarity between spouses is a benefit, but they explored whether complementary, and they called it goal pursuit strategies, could predict relationship well-being. And I'll just explain this in a moment. So they looked at two studies at romant- of romantically involved couples, like, did I say that right? Like the romantically involved. Yeah. 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 And looked at the circumstances under which complementary goal pursuit strategies could lead to positive relationship outcomes. And they got into some very complex terminology. I had to read this over a couple of times to really get my head around it, but they really kind of sliced it thin. And I think it's interesting what they concluded. So let me, let me try to explain this. They looked at how spouses moved towards their goals, like what they wanted from life. Okay. Okay. And some individuals approach goals with a focus on growth and advancement. And other individuals approach goals with a focus on security and responsibility. Oh, that is like, so us. Yes. So you're the second one. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm the first. Yeah. And just know, okay, this is about how people approach their goals. But they also looked at goal congruence, which just asked if they had the same goals. That's about Mm. what the goals are. Mm -hmm. Okay. If the goals were the same, as in the couple was high on what they call goal congruence, yeah, those couples did well if each spouse took a different route to achieving those goals. Oh. And I thought this was cool because it's how our marriage rolls, right? You're more about the security and responsibility. I'm more about growth and advancement. Take finances, for example. So we've always had two different approaches to finance, but we used to talk about this a lot more in the first half of our marriage than we have in the second half. And I think what changed is we got ourselves onto the same goal. Okay. But we're now contributing our different but complementary means of how we are achieving that goal. So you've got what they call the vigilant approach, which is about security and responsibility, which is our retirement savings planning. Mm -hmm. And I'm more about what they call the eager or promotion focused approach, which is where I look to create wealth by entrepreneurialism. Mm -hmm. That's me being focused on growth and advancement. That's my goal pursuit strategy. Right. That's just how I roll. That's how you roll. Yeah. And that's why whenever finances get tight, you're asking how we can cut costs and I'm asking how I can create more income. This is, this is how we do this, right? Yes. Yes. And these two things are complementary. So what the researchers but found. Let's yeah. just point out here though, that it doesn't mean that everything's always like hunky dory. No, it's. And we get along perfectly fine because we're complementary. Nor does it mean our financial situation <laughs> is always perfect, right? Right. But it's just, I think when you know as a couple that you come at something in two different ways, that's okay. Right. That's Just yes. get aligned on having the same goals. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what's useful, right? Yep. And so what the researchers found is that it allows both spouses to delegate their non-preferred strategy to the other spouse, which lets you do your thing and lets me do mine. Okay. But it also means that as a unit, we're mentally prepared for a range of responses. We'll consider income and cost cutting. We're just not on one track. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're going to respond differently. Yes. Yes. So at the end of the day here, with this particular example of opposites working together, I see no threat in being opposites. Right. It's just different ways of doing things. And as long as we're open-minded about the strategy and tactics while we're sharing the same goals, there shouldn't be reason for concern about the viability of our marriage because we have such different approaches. 
Right. That's that's the bottom line. Okay. Comments on that? Thoughts, babe? Well, kind of what I'm taking away from all this 100 mile an hour research okay. that just got thrown at me is that it doesn't matter if personalities are different. Or even the same. Or even the same. But it does matter if like the goals and values are lined up. Yeah, that's important. Like commitment, for example. Yeah. You know, if one person's committed and the other person's not, that's a hard situation to be in. Yeah. Harder than if one person's an extrovert and one person's an introvert. Yeah. And sometimes I think we tend to look at these outside characteristics or the more superficial ones about opposites or similars. Yeah. And get stuck on those rather than going to the more difficult conversations about like we have totally different goals here. And the good news though, is that even on those, there are ways to get aligned on what you can and to learn to honor the differences Mm -hmm. on what you Mm -hmm. can't directly align. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So no deal breakers still, but sometimes these conversations are hard to have and difficult Mm -hmm. to figure out. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's useful to, if I can put in a self plug here to get a marriage therapist. Yeah. uh, To help you through some of those things. So if you're this kind of couple that is opposites and that has been a source of conflict We've got a two-page worksheet we'd like you to download. You can print off one coffee. Co- coffee? coffee <laughs> Maybe you should have one. <laughs> yeah. You can print off one copy each so that you can do this together. What it does is take you through an exercise to find out your strengths and weaknesses, and then it helps you to see where you can complement each other. So the goal is to turn those differences into something that's complementary rather than a source of conflict, because a lot of times our conflict comes because we're not playing to our strengths. Mm, like if I have to, to, we're trying to compensate for our weaknesses instead. Yeah. Like if I'm the guy doing the budget in our marriage. Oh boy. Yeah. Or if I was like doing the research for this. (laughs) 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 So you can get this worksheet by opening your browser to oif.link slash 97 or by texting the word podcast to 9292 spells message and data rates may apply. It is a U.S. phone number. To get a link emailed to you so you can download this worksheet, once again, just text the word podcast to 9292-SPOUSE, or you can find this bonus PDF on our website through the link at oif.link slash 97. Now, a few closing items to go over, plus another review, and we'd like to let you know what we're doing next week. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. And if you want to get involved in this awesome mission to help save marriages through the podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We can't do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. Please go to oyf.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. That URL, once again, is oyf.link slash give. Now, we want to shout out a thank you, Verlinda, for a a review on (laughs) iTunes. On the U.S. side. Oh, it says, listen to this podcast. Five stars by beginner one, two, three, go. It says, what an informative, encouraging, and funny podcast. Caleb has a talent for taking fancy terminology <laughs> from important studies and making it understandable for the average listener. And Verlinda brings a wonderful energy with thoughtful comments to the show. Roller coaster kind of energy. <laughs> it doesn't say that in the review, <laughs> just so you know. Their chemistry and conversation keeps things interesting and alive. Also, Verlinda's unique laugh always makes me chuckle. Oh. I love it. That's That's good. good. I do too. Thank you both for creating this podcast. It has become invaluable in assisting me through tough spots within my marriage Mm -hmm. and has given me answers to questions I did not know where to find answers. That's awesome. That's really neat. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to us, Beginner123Go, and for your review. We appreciate that. You sound so excited. I was dropping my voice a little bit just to try to sound sincere. Oh, I see. But thanks for making fun of me. No, I was just mocking you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's brutal. But yeah, we are sincere. That's true. Sincerely grateful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So next week, honey. We're talking about phone addiction. And I know this isn't a big deal for the listeners, but I was hoping my wife would pay attention. (laughs) It's not going to be a very long episode, but it's just us waving a red flag or me waving a red flag and saying, hey, wife, this might be an easy way to help your marriage out by cutting back on cell phone use. And we're going to do a live assessment. Oh, she's already getting wound up. She should be at a full head of steam by next week, folks. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 97. You use your phone more than I do. (laughs) Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thanks. And if I'm still alive, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Sometimes we ask more philosophical questions about the future of our marriage. And one of those is that age-old question, do opposites attract? And it turns out they do. If you look at the right aspects of personhood, when you answer the question, you can so tell that you wrote this. Like really, if you look at the right aspects of personhood. All right. Why don't you figure out a way to say that? Because that's what I thought too. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, you sound like such a geek. Yes. Oh dear. <sighs> okay. Tell me about those aspects of your personhood. <laughs>